and welcome to the Blood and Thunder podcast. My name is Tom Savage. This podcast is brought to you by NTES.com. I want to thank them for supporting me here on this um, website, on this podcast, maybe one of the two. And thank you for supporting me as well during the month of October. I really do appreciate it as we're kicking off now into the season as it is URC. Round number two, we're playing Benetton this week in Benetton, or in, in, ben- in Benetton, in Treviso. And there's a bunch of cultists out there right now in uh, Treviso who are representing Munster in Cult Corner. Uh, so, yeah, uh, if you see them on TV tomorrow, uh, you, well, you, you know where they're from. Um, so, firstly, um, I've got an article coming up next week um, on basically it's Anatomy of a World Cup. How and why? I felt Ireland lost um, that quarterfinal to the All Blacks, what it means for this cycle, and I suppose trying to, to look at it in the same way that I would the end of a Munster season, which I often have done quite critically, um, and try to be as fair as I can while also trying to be objective as well and try to look at um, you know all the reasons as to why. So if you have any questions or points you'd like me to address in that article which is going to be around six or seven thousand words long you can send it in to me at info at kings.com if there's any particular points that you've noticed that you haven't seen discussed anywhere or that you'd like me to try to address uh, during that article um do send it in there but this week we have pressing business this sunday in treviso it is munster versus benetton um it is a round number two game both sides won last week in varying, you know, manners. Uh, I think the way that Benetton won was actually quite dramatic in the way that they they, they, they snuck that win at the end. They were 16 points down at one stage uh, in that match, but um, fought back really well. Munster, on the other hand, had a more routine win against the Sharks um, and travelled away for the first time this season. It's, a, it's an interesting one. Um... I think looking at Benetton on the face of it, you can't help but be impressed with um, how they've built themselves up over the last five or six years. I think you go back and watch Benetton, you know, I think back from the middle of the, we'll say, early 2010s and, you know, they were just considered a bit of a joke, really, you know, where they show up, you get your five points and you send them on their way. And... That started to change even relatively early in the in the twenty tens, I would say. Like when they first came into the, the, the Celtic League or the Magners League or whatever it was, it was Rebel, I think was it. Um they would just regularly get beaten out the gate. And uh, that's still true. Well it was true last year for, for Zebra, but they seem to have improved um this season. But Benetton, they were a tough place to go for Munster even back in the early part of the deck of the 2010s um i remember a game where i was watching on a fucking dodgy stream um i'm not even sure where i was but monster ended up losing that game to benetton um they got monster had two players yellow red carded or something in the last 10 minutes Stephen archer was one of them and ended up losing a very high scoring game and it was considered something well i considered it a massive shock at the time uh, but since then, though, um, Benetton seem to have had a, a good bit of investment. They've had a lot of good coaches come through there. I think Kieran Crowley started off a bit of a revolution in, in Benetton um, and pushed them to the point where they were reaching the knockouts of the of the 
Pro 12 or, or Pro Pro 14, one of the two. They had a fantastic season that year, um, and it really was the pinnacle of Kieran Crowley's work at the time. I think it actually got him the Italian test job off the back of it. And with that, I think Benetton changed, one, like how they play the game, like the way Benetton play, like it's got a specific style to it. And they've certainly, well, they, they have adapted that style, but they're still a really good, um, exciting team to watch when they click. And like I watched their game back against Cardiff this past um, this past week, and they seem to have I won't say radically, but they seem to have taken a a turn in their game to make themselves more of a counter transition style team. Um, I remember when Benetton first broke through, they were a bit of an on ball team, and that was then later reflected in Italy's styling um, under Kieran Crowley when he took over there at test level. Um, I think they don't have the skill set overall to play that. Um, although, like, it's not impossible for them to take on certain aspects of on-ball uh, characteristics when they're, um, you know, mid-game or whatever else. They've got certainly the size and the pack to do that if they wish. Um, but they seem under Marco Bortolami to have made a bit of a change where previously they were all about offloads that was the big thing with with Benetton they were one of the highest offloading teams in the league you had the likes of Monte Ioani at that point you had um Rativa I think as well was there I think I think he's actually still there but he's such a, a big physical and uh, they were such a big physical team and had such great hands as well and they would hang on to the ball for long periods and break you with an offload or a kind of a work to the edge and then work that pass out of the tackle that's the kind of thing to me that really stood out about Benetton when they broke through because when a lot of teams have an ascension when they move from we'll say one plane of understanding to the other like it comes from their like it's, a lot of the time it comes from playing quite conservatively where they strip out a lot of the things that hurt you in the game like hanging on to the ball too often or you know they're the kind of things that typically make for a lot of mistakes um is you know trying to play too much ball or trying to be too expensive they went the other way where they actually d- decided that they were going to go quite expensive and it's like it's just the the most remarkable way to go about it in that they were actually quite successful. They, w- they ended up winning the Rainbow Cup, um, which, again, look, I know it's a Mario Kart level, but it is a an achievement for them. Like, it actually is a genuine achievement for them. And it's something I think that, you know, when you look back, it, it actually just st- it stands up even more with a couple of years distance between them. I mean, they beat the Bulls in the final of that. Um, they deserve their spot in it. And uh, yeah, no, look, it's... I think it's testament to the journey that Benetton have been on. And uh, like I said, they're the team that we're facing this Sunday in just one of those really typical, difficult places to go. Because again, look, I go back to that dodgy stream I was watching in the early 2010s uh, to give you an idea as to Benetton changing perception, especially away from home. Um, when the crowd gets up there in, in Treviso, when they get that momentum in their game going, they were a difficult team to stop, and that's for certain. Let's have a look at their team for this game. In the back three, they have Rhino Smith, Ignacio Mendy, and Eduardo Padovani. Um, a really, really good back three. 
um, both Padovani and Mendy essentially kind of play like fullbacks if, if in the traditional sense. Positionally, they're really good, but their work in the air is fantastic. It's one of the key parts of, of Benetton's game. Their, their kick retention is really good. It was really good last season. It started off again really good this year um, against, against Cardiff. So a lot of their game will be based on getting contestables into the air in that mid-range and having the likes of Padovani and Mendy really go at them. And uh, when you look at Rhino Smith as well, a good goal kicker, but devastatingly quick. He's a guy, if he can get any sort of lane at all in a transition, he's gone and there's very little stopping him. Um, That's a good back three and uh, it it leans very much into their play style, which is uh, exciting as well. Um, Their midfield, Malachi Fekitoa and uh, Filippo Drago. Um, Fekitoa, obviously, we know from last season at Munster. He is an upgrade on their midfield from last year. Now, they still have, you know, they have have Menicello, really good midfield, um, yeah, to come back. A few guys who were injured and stuff like that. But you look at their, you look at their, their, their play style, what Malachi Fekitoa gives them and like they are a heavy counter transition team now as I explained I'm, I'm going to get to Malachi Fekitoa and again I'll just take this tangent to explain uh, their heavy counter transition game now w- when I'm defining counter transition we have to kind of look from a numbers perspective first but just to kind of speak generally it's a team that kicks the ball to generate opportunities that the majority of their best attacking work comes from either off the line out set piece which is is true in that case but their phase play, they generally manoeuvre themselves around the field by by kicking and then using the return of the kick as their primary attacking launch point, point in phase play. They're really, really good at that. Both in the direct, the first phase of, of, of phase play, they're really, really good. Malachi Fekatoa will only improve them in that aspect. Um, but they're, they're really good on the, I suppose, in, in the second and third phase of it as well. But like not to the same level the accuracy wouldn't be the same as it would be like for we'll say Leinster or a, you know a counter transition team a bit like Connacht like their game is where when they kick the ball and when they decide to run it back on their terms they go into quite narrow phase play so if you look at a counter transition team like Leinster or Connacht their pass per carry ratio is really really high so on their post transition phases they're moving the ball through the forwards an awful lot. So when they run that ball back on a um, on a transition, when they take you on in those post-transition phases, the ball's moving to where your defenders aren't. So there's a lot of passing from the forwards. There's lots of passing off 10. There's like There could be a, a sequence between rocks where there might be three or four passes. Benetton do that the odd time, but it's not a big feature of their game. What they're most likely to do is carry and truck the ball off nine. Their forwards come up in a fairly high momentum line after the transition and they start smashing across the field in fairly low pass per carry sequences where they the, the nine passes to a forward who trucks the ball up, who recycles the ball. They, the, the nine passes it to another forward who trucks the ball up. That's how they run their counter transition sequences. So they that I would define that as a heavy counter transition team because they kick well they, they kicked on average against Cardiff they had one kick for every five passes which would be right in the middle of that counter transition range but their pass per carry ratio was actually quite narrow it was only 1.2 so basically uh two uh, 
one pass for every two carries. So it's like, no, oh, sorry, uh, two passes for every one carry. So it's like, again, fairly narrow. Um, and that's a, a big feature of their game. So I, I, I included some clips in the red eye for you, to, for you to look back on just to illustrate how they like to play. And it's very counter transition, playing with a lot of pace and looking to try to create a lot of broken field because they're really, really good in that area of, of the game. And I think that part of why Malachi Fekatoa is a really good signing for them is that their version of counter transition it's perfectly suited to Malachi Fekitoa in a way that our game wasn't initially, but then really began to suit him as we moved from a team who probably wanted to play counter-transition rugby at the start of the season, but then sort of moved into the on-ball style that we developed as we kind of went through the season and saw what worked and what didn't. So, like, because again, I think we, you know, when people are talking about long kicking, it's like long and on is kind of what they, it's what they describe it as. We were looking at a style a bit like that at the start of the season, but it just, it didn't work out that way. We, you know, through the differing games and analysis that we did, um, we, by we, I mean Munster, um, we kind of came on the style that we've kind of seen towards the season's end, which was very, very successful and we've doubled down on now. So for a team like, you know, for Malachi Fekatoa, he's not a guy who you want to be doing, you know, long, you know, you know, tracking sequences where he's covering, uh, you know, running lanes and he's trying to guard, you know, transition defense lines and all this other kind of stuff. That's not really his game at all. And it's not really why, uh, like what what you would use a Malachi Fekatoa for. So that to me is a kind of a really, um, I suppose, like a good use of him in, in this aspect is, when they have their post-transition sequences, like they attack a lot on first phase, like a, a direct counter-attack, that suits Fekitoa. But also the fact that when they get into that settled phase play, it does look like an on-ball sequence. And he's a guy who you want to be feeding at the edge of the defensive line where he can engage a tackler, you know, offload the ball to a runner, be it to his midfield partner or to, uh, you know, one of those like electric back three players that's going to be a constant threat in this game if they get the type of possession that they want. And uh, just going to, uh, going down through the rest of their team, they've got Jacob Umaga and Andy Uren at uh, 10 and 9. Uh, in the front row, they have uh, Mirko Spagnolo, they have Gianmarco Lucchese and uh, Gesue Zilocci. Uh, in, at tight head, he signed from London Irish uh, in the off-season. He's an, uh, an Italian international. In the second row, Eli Snyman has returned from uh, Leicester Tigers for his second spell at Benetton, and he is partnered in the second row by Eduardo Iacchisi. Um And in the back row, Alessandro Isacor, Manuel uh, Zuniali, uh, Zuliani, and uh, Toa Halafihi. Um, they've got a lot of, inter- of uh, Italian internationals and a lot of experience in the bench as well. They've got Giacomo Nicotera on the bench at hooker, Federico Zani, uh, Tiziano Pasquale, uh, Gideon uh, Koglinberg, they signed him from Japan in the offseason. Henry Time Stores, Alessandro Garbisi, that's Paolo's brother. Uh, Thomas Albernoz, a great young player as well. And Marco Zanon, so a lot of experience to bring off the bench as well, which again I think will be a big factor in this game as it goes on. One of the things about uh, Benetton's style that I think is important is that playing a heavy counter transition style is incredibly tiring. It's a very, very tiring way to play. And there will be opportunities late in the first quarter and late in the second quarter against this Benetton team because of the way that they play. Now, the way that they play is 
interesting. And like I said, I've described it. It's a style of heavy counter transition. Now, what do we want to change if we're Munster? How do we adapt that game? How do we and and, and take on a, a team who wants to play counter transition rugby? What a counter transition team wants to do is they want to um, kick the ball to us and work off our reaction to the kick. So what's important to them? Well, their backfield positioning is going to be hugely important. The way that they kick, the way that they run this game is that they put a lot of of their counter-transition kicking style into mid-range contestables, right? So we're going to have to be very, very tight on our backfield management. Our our aerial work and our screening of, of their runners is going to be very, very important. We have to be right on our detail there. That's how Cardiff lost that game. If, if Cardiff's backfield management and their aerial management was any way competent, they would have won that game. They didn't uh, win because they just kept giving up opportunities off mid-range kicks that they really should have been taking. Now, to be fair, it was great contesting from Benetton, but Munster will look at that will, will look at that and go, Cardiff didn't manage the kick. If we can manage their kicking game, we'll be a long way to, to, to actually managing this game out to the win that we want. And that's going to be a big, big part of it. When a team look to try to kick to you to start their play, you have to punish them for the kick to make them revert back to a different style or to revert to the stage where they don't want to kick the ball to you because you're not giving them anything to work with, right? So as we saw in that game, some of the clips I showed you um, on, on Benetton, um, I showed you um, for Benetton against Cardiff, I showed you them, you know, Cardiff getting into longer kicking sequences with them. For me, that's not that is not the way to deal with a counter-transition team. You don't want to just go into a long kicking sequence with them because that's what they're prepped to do. That's what their game is kind of based on. We don't want to do that. We What we want to do is when they kick to us, we want to go straight into long on-ball sequences. We want to hurt them on, on first phase transition, which once they've become very, very good at over the last year and a bit. We did that to Sharks. We can do that to... Um, to Benetton here as well. If they kick to us, we have the firepower in the back line and in our in our back five to hurt them. So we, we have to be willing to do that and I think we are. But if they scrag us, we need to be comfortable going into four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten phases of pressure to make make them get bored. Make them get bored defending. Now they're a heavy team. They will give up defensive mistakes. Now d- d- defensively they had a, a lot of tackles last year in part because they kicked the ball an awful lot right so like their defensive rating on the URC last season a little bit overrated just by how they collect their um their metrics they're going to want to get in over the ball at the breakdown we can get in there and we can prevent them from getting those steals we have to be physical we have to try and portray the fact that they're illegal there's a lot of penalties for us there if we keep those on ball sequences if we keep playing and if we keep running that like that 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 style during the game we can make their need to contest the breakdown work against them and if we can do that we'll be a long way to, to getting what we want from this game so on the bench all of me mentioned their bench Munster's team in the back three Shane Daly Shane McCarthy and Calvin Nash uh, and Andrew Conway had a bit of a knock this week so he is not involved uh, Shane McCarthy last week had a fantastic game his work at the breakdown was unbelievably good I'd expect more of the same here he's a really physical guy but I'd like to see him get his his uh, his you know stretch his legs a little bit on transition. He's 
really really quick and strong I want to see a little bit more of that Shane Daly had a great day under the high ball against the Sharks we will need that again and then some in this game um, just because of how crucial that is to what um, Ben and Hom want to do like uh, Jacob uh, Umaga and Andy uh, Urin like they're going to try to chip diagonally over the top of our defensive line they want to try to avoid our line speed I'd even go to the point where I'd say it'd be even a, a little bit advisable to play passively against Benetton to a certain extent where we're not giving them corners to work off because <clears throat> their kicking game and their ability to find runners in behind is very very good Shane Daly either way will have to have a good game here sweeping and covering because they're going to be trying out a lot of kicks down his like that will essentially be his responsibility in midfield Antoine Frisch and Rory Scannell continue with um, on the bench Alex Nankivell and Sean O'Brien now Sean O'Brien can play in the wing as well he might well play there during this game he's you know he's looking to looking to make his debut off the bench which I'm sure he will um, so again you know what we're going to expect from Frisch creativity strike running um, with Rory Scannell I need to see a little bit more defensive solidity from him um, this time around um, he was a little bit off on some of his reads some of his collisions weren't great they'll need to be on here because he's up against a very physical um, Benetton midfield in the halfbacks Joey Carberry and Ethan Coughlin continue at 9 and 10 in the front row Josh Richley, Jeremy Barron Stephen Archer Edmund Dogbone Finney Richley in the second row with Jack O'Donoghue John Hodnett and Gavin Coombs Hodnett making his first appearance of the season uh, on the bench Scott Buckley Kieran Ryan John Ryan Tom O'Hearn Alex Kendellan and uh, Paddy Patterson returns from his uh, knee I- I- injury as well which is remarkable given that it was relatively recently like he was a guy who I didn't expect to see until 2024 to you know, so see him back for URC game 2 is very very impressive um, like I think with Munster there's continu- continuity there so with that continuity comes the opportunity to go out there and you know just continue the flow the phase play the like offensive rock output that we had in that game against the Sharks last week was really really good now we'll need to double up on that again Benetton won't be the same counter ruck threat that Benetton like, that, that, that the Sharks were but they are dangerous over the ball we are going to be very very careful with how we manage that area of the game because their mall is very dangerous so if we give them penalty access they're very very dangerous in the mall so that's going to be a really really interesting game to see how it plays out at this stage in the season like you're, you're basically looking to try to see this is still the starting blocks like last week was a good start against a you know I'd say a game but limited Sharks team I think Benetton pound for pound I think are certainly at the moment a better side you know the, the, the Sharks are without their internationals that changes things so this is going to be just another a kind of step on the road of Munster's start to the season and it's a tough one. Um, so this is the game where I think if Munster were to come away with any sort of win, I think it would be brilliant. Um, I do think that there are opportunities here against this Benetton side that maybe go a little bit beyond what we have seen um, from, you know, like our ability to hit them on first phase off the line out and the set piece, I think is something that's going to be really, really interesting. I think we stack up well with them there Jacob Umaga is a guy who there are there are weaknesses there uh, certainly defensively and I think that the the partnership with um, Drago and Fekatoa and Umaga it will not be too good like it cannot be they can't they can't have a huge level of understanding at this stage in this system I know that Umaga and and um, Fekitoa played together at Wasps but other than that like we're going to look to try to stress them there on first phase if we can because there are there's road up the middle of that uh, up the middle of that um, defence so 
we will see how we go. I'll be doing a TRK live stream after this. Um, so this game will be on at 2 o'clock on Sunday. I will be doing the live stream at around 4 or 5, depending. And uh, yeah, we will be good to go there afterwards. So enjoy the game. If you're in Treviso, enjoy it. And uh, enjoy the World Cup final if you're listening to this right as this going on air, because I can see them just about to do the hacker right now. So thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much for being a TRK subscriber. I will talk to you again very, very soon. Thank you.